and welcome to Sex for Money. I'm your host, Cameron D. James. This is a podcast that talks about the business of writing, publishing, and selling romantic and erotic fiction. This is episode two, and we're going to talk about Goodreads today. Before I jump into that, I wanted to offer some reflections on episode one. Um, I hope you found it useful. I talked a lot about the upcoming or currently happening changes at Facebook and how that affects authors, especially authors of romantic and erotic fiction. Uh, Given that it was the first one in this uh, new podcast series, I think I got a little nervous and went a little fast. I have lots of experience in podcasts, but uh, it's the first time I've hosted one entirely by myself without other people. So I think from here on in, we're going to take it a little slower, um, and hopefully the episodes where we talk about issues like Facebook changes will have a little bit more resolution and solutions than I offered in the Facebook changes episode. Anyway, if you got through that episode, thanks for sticking with me, and here we are in episode two. As I mentioned, we are going to talk about Goodreads today. Um, any, Pretty much any author, as soon as they become published or self-published, the first thing they do is they get themselves set up on Goodreads. Of course, it seems like the perfect place to be as an author uh, because it's where readers are, and Ideally, you want to market your book where your readers are, and I often describe Goodreads as Facebook for book lovers, because that's basically what it is. You post status updates, you have conversations with other people, um, you like books. It's a lot of very similar things to Facebook. One of the reasons that I started this podcast in the first place is that so many things changed so frequently, and Goodreads is one of them. Um, If you have visited my website or if you follow me on any social media, you've probably seen me mention my book Sex for Money, same title as this podcast, or the follow-up book called Sell Your Sex. Both of them are about taking the craft of writing, publishing, and selling erotic and romantic fiction more like a business. So Sex for Money talks a lot about the, from idea to promotion, like everything in between. Whereas Sell Your Sex talks mostly about the different promotional strategies and opportunities, talks about all the different social media platforms and how to use them. And in both books, I talk about Goodreads, um... And I say that it's a useful website, but it's not really a good place to promote your book, and we will talk about that in this episode. But one thing I do say in the books is that the best thing about Goodreads for the indie author is that you can list a giveaway for free, a giveaway of a paperback book for free, and you'll have hundreds and hundreds of people enter to win your book, And a certain percentage of those will choose to add your book to their to-read list on Goodreads. And it usually won't lead to a a burst of immediate sales, but it does quite often lead to ongoing sales. Uh, Back in 2014 or 2015, I put my first book, Autumn Fire, up for giveaway on Goodreads. And I had something like 350 people enter it. And I think back in that day when you entered to win a giveaway, it automatically added that book to your to-read list. Um, It's not automatic now, so you have to make that choice. But I think back then it was automatic. 
So I had all these people who had Autumn Fire added to their to-read list, and I'm pretty confident that's why I had such strong ongoing sales of Autumn Fire over the years. Um, Of course, it did dwindle over the years, uh, as all book sales tend to do, but the fact that I was consistently making sales told me that something was attracting readers to the book, and I think it was that it had been added to so many people's to-read list. So when they are looking for a new book to read, they look at their list on Goodreads, and they stumble across mine, and they decide to finally buy a copy and read through it. So I've always been an advocate of uh, listing a giveaway on Goodreads. So I talk about it in Sex for Money, the book, and I talk about it in Sell Your Sex. Pretty much a month after I published Sell Your Sex, Goodreads announced a change to their giveaway program. And that change is that it's no longer free to list a giveaway at some ridiculous price. Um, Going completely by memory, and so I might be wrong on the numbers, but I believe it's $129 US to list a giveaway, and it's $599 US to list a giveaway and get some extra promotion from Goodreads. So we've gone from totally free, accessible to any author, to not free at all, and you have to really be sure that it's worth your while to invest in that. And in my opinion, it is no longer worth your while. Um, Different people have different results, of course. This is just all an opinion-based podcast, so figure out for yourself if it's worth your investment. Let's say I listed my first book, Autumn Fire, for sale, and I uh, paid $129 US to get it listed there, and let's say that's what I did five years ago, four or five years ago, whenever it was, and all of the books, all of the sales since then had been a result of that giveaway, I don't think I would have earned my investment back. Like really, you have to be a mega seller to earn your investment back. And to do that, you pretty much have to have a diehard fandom already. But if you have a diehard fandom already, then you can run a giveaway through your newsletter for free. So for the indie author and for small publishers, I really don't see the value in listing a book on Goodreads. And it seems to be something that's more in the realm of big publishers now. And we'll get into that in a moment. And honestly, I think that's what's going on behind the scenes. There's two There's two things that I think are going on. One is that Amazon, who owns Goodreads, wants to monetize Goodreads and get more profit out of it. Uh, Goodreads until this change, made their money on advertisements on their site. And from what I can tell, that was their only source of income. And there's only so many ads that can be displayed at a certain time. And ads generally don't bring in a lot of money in general. So one way to monetize it is to charge to list a giveaway. Because one thing that Goodreads is known for is giveaways. So if they can charge for it, they're going to make a shit ton of money on it. Um, Of course, there's going to be a ton of people that decide never to list a giveaway again. I'm one of them. There will always be a small percentage that do. So if you say there were 
a hundred authors it would have listed a giveaway when it was free, and only 1% of them decide to list a giveaway at a cost, they've made $129. If there's a thousand people that would have um, listed a giveaway, and only 1% decide to actually do so because it now costs money, that's 10 people at $129, which is $1,200 US, or almost $1,300 US. So it's a matter of scale. They're going to make a shit ton of money on this, even though they're going to lose a lot of authors in the process. They don't really care that much because they want to make money. The other thing that's going on, I believe, although I've seen absolutely no indication of this, so bear that in mind, I strongly suspect that big publishers were lobbying for Goodreads to make this change because big publishers are the ones that truly benefit from listing a giveaway on Goodreads because they have the marketing power to draw people to that giveaway and they have the name recognition of their publisher name and perhaps of the author name and that can really drive sales. Um, And so I suspect that these big publishers were complaining to Goodreads that their stuff never gets seen because they're buried in the glut of self-published and small-published giveaways. And perhaps big publishers offered to pay if they would make this change. Perhaps Goodreads said, well, we'll kick them out, but we're going to have to charge you. I have no idea how it happened because I'm not behind the scenes with this sort of thing, but that is what I suspect happened. It's uh, a result of big publishers wanting to push the small publishers out of Goodreads giveaways. So if you're reading Sex for Money, or if you're reading Sell Your Sex, you can ignore the whole section on Goodreads giveaways. At this point, I'm running out of time and energy to update that those books, because by the time I update it and publish it, something else will have changed. Since I published those books, there were those Facebook changes, and now Facebook pages are largely useless. So I would have had to have updated it for Goodreads when that announcement happened in December, and then I would have had to update it again in January when the Facebook changes happened, and then now in February 2018, I would have to update the Twitter section, because Twitter just posted their first profit ever. It's been a money-losing company its entire existence, and this last quarter, I believe, or month, I'm not exactly sure. I don't have the article in front of me, but this is the first time they've actually made a profit. So that I talk about that in the Twitter section in both of those books, so that would be something I'd have to update. And who knows what's going to happen next week, or next month, or next year. There's going to be so many changes. And this is why I started the podcast, so I don't have to keep updating those books, and you can get the latest news and developments and strategies as they happen, and you can keep on top of changes as they happen. All right, so that's enough about the changes at Goodreads um, regarding the giveaways, although we may talk about it again in a few minutes. Um, What we're going to do today is I'm going to log into Goodreads, because really I log in maybe twice a year. We're going to talk about the features on Goodreads and what you can and can't really do as an author on Goodreads. So if you are very familiar with Goodreads, you might not get a whole lot out of this episode. If you're a new author or if you just haven't figured out what to do with Goodreads, this may be a little bit more help to you. 
So yeah, when you are published for the first time, the instinct is to set up a Goodreads profile because that's where readers are. You got to go where readers are if you want to sell to them. And so Goodreads makes perfect sense theoretically. In my experience, Goodreads is quite useless. Yeah, we'll use that word. It's useless um, for 99% of authors who want to promote themselves, especially like uh, indie authors or small published authors. Authors who have um, giant deals with traditional publishers, they're the ones that, that get the most out of it because it's an opportunity for readers to interact with them. But if you're a small guy, small girl, small person, um, you're not going to get much out of it. However, for some people, they can still get something out of it. It just might not be book promotion. All right, so I have Goodreads set up here. I'm just going to reposition myself a little bit so that I can look at the computer and I can talk into the microphone. Uh, so, Goodreads, sign in. Uh, it brought me automatically to my friend requests. I will approve all friend requests. So this might go a little bit slow as I work my way through it, but I will cut out the long sections of silence so you're not sitting there waiting for me to have my computer load up. So uh, I'm going to click on the word Goodreads to get to my news feed. Um, on the left-hand side, it wants to know what I'm currently reading, wants me to set a reading challenge for the year, wants to know what I want to read next, and it's got my bookshelf statistics. Down the center, I've got updates from all of my Goodreads friends and all the people I follow. So a lot of these are like, I want to read this, I have read this, I'm reading this, I'm currently reading this, um, so-and-so is friends with so-and-so. On the right-hand side, we've got the Goodreads blog, we've got some book recommendations that are based on my reading history, and a little bit of extra promotional stuff there. Uh, once you are a published author, uh, you'll want to go into Goodreads and claim your author profile. <laughs> your book has to be on Goodreads before you can claim your author profile. You can't do it the other way around. Um, most... Okay, so let's back up a step. Adding a book to Goodreads. Uh, you can do that yourself if you want, or you could ignore it and someone else will probably do it for you. And your book did not have to be published to appear on Goodreads. So if you have a book coming out and you know it's coming out, you can set up the book on Goodreads before it's even published. I know people who... Uh, have put books on Goodreads and then never actually ended up publishing them. So they're still in the system, but they're not published and they probably won't ever be. Goodreads, honestly, is a bit of a wild west as far as book promotion and reviews and anything. It's just, I'm not really a fan of Goodreads, as you can probably tell. So if you wanted to add a book, there is the search books bar at the top. I'm going to type in some sort of uh, name here. Let's say, since my first book was called Autumn Fire, I'm just going to type in Fall Frenzy because, what, there's no book called Fall Frenzy, of course. So in the search results, uh, came back with no results. Surprise, surprise. And at the bottom, it says, still can't find the book, add a new record. And so I would click on that and I would add the book. 
to the site. And so I'd need to know the book description, I'd need to have the cover, uh, you might want the ISBN and the ASIN, um, and any other information like that. If you're a first-time Goodreads user, like you just created your profile and 10 minutes later you're uploading a book, it's possible that uh, someone might need to approve the book before it becomes publicly visible on the website. I've only added a book a few times myself, so I'm not really sure how the process works anymore. Um, but I do know that uh, once I added a book, it showed up on the site within five minutes, and I don't think it had to be approved by anybody. If your book has already been published, or you have just published it, chances are it's already up on the site. I think there are people that uh, scour Smashwords and... Amazon for new releases and they add it to the site. There's a really dedicated community of volunteers who help maintain the site. Uh, every single book I've ever written has shown up on Goodreads and I've only added maybe two of them myself. So all the other books were added by other people. If someone has added your book and they have some information wrong, go to the book page and there's a little link to update the record or to edit the record and you can click on that and you can make some changes and it may or may not need to be approved by a Goodreads librarian before those changes become live. Once your book is on Goodreads, you are able to claim your author profile. Um, how that's done exactly, I don't really remember because it was four or five years ago uh, that I did it and the layout of the site changes and how the site work changes now and then. So your best bet is to just go to the help section and look for how to set up your author profile. It's going to be a very easy to find thing because they want authors to come on their site and set up their profile. Speaking of profile, I'm going to click on my author profile and see what kind of information I put up there. So you have an option to put um, profile photo. I always put my book cover or some generic photo as my profile photo because I don't like having my actual photo attached to these things. That comes down to a matter of personal preference. If you're writing in the erotic genres, it's totally accepted that you don't show your actual face to anybody. It's just one of those things. If you write sweeter romance, or if you're not even a romance or erotic author and you're listening to this, you probably should put up your actual photo. Uh, outside of the erotic genres, it's pretty much expected that a, a reader could find your photo. Um, it creates that trust between yourself and the reader. However, that's not really a mandatory thing. If you talk to some people, it is a mandatory thing, but really, it's not. How many books have I read where I have no effing clue what the author looks like? How many books have you read where you have no idea what the author looks like, right? So, uh, with the information in your author profile, you can put where you were born, when you were born. Oh, jeez, I have my uh, actual birth date there. Um... I may go in at one point and make my birth date private. I generally don't like that on there. I'm not really sure why. It's just a matter of personal preference. Um, I'm not embarrassed about my age for any reason. I'm currently 34. Next year, I, next month, I turn 35. So happy early birthday to me. 
Uh, you can put in your website, your Twitter handle. You can probably put in your other social media as well, such as your Facebook. I don't have that on mine because when I set this up, I didn't have Facebook for my author persona. You can list the genres that you write in and when, how long you've been a member of the site. So it looks like I started in August 2012. Um, is that the year that I was published? It might be. I'm trying to think if I set this up before or after I got my first book published. Been so long, I don't remember. Uh, and then below that, you've got a list of all your followers. If you wanted to add videos, they'd show up there. Your list of friends. Uh, and then you've got a list of all of your books that get added here. Um, and then if they have a rating, the rating shows up. And you can also sync your blog with your Goodreads profile. So I've got my uh, WordPress blog posts appearing here. Uh, you can list events. Um, you've got a section of updates. Like So I've got all the books I read and reviewed. Uh, I used to do this the last time I read and reviewed something was November 2015. So I kind of stopped doing that. Um, and we'll get into why I stopped doing that in a couple minutes. So that is your author profile. You can customize it how you want. Uh, you do have an author dashboard that lets you look at things and manage things. Um, really, your best bet is to just explore it a little bit. Um, you might get something different out of it than I do. The layout might change since I record this episode. Who knows? I'm not really going to go into the exact details. If you click on My Books at the top, it takes you to your bookshelves. So what you've read, what you're currently reading, and what you want to read. And you can create custom shelves for all sorts of things, if you want to. Uh, if you want to, you can keep this up to date with what you're reading, and you can review books when you're done. I have chosen not to review books or even update this with what I'm currently reading for two reasons. Number one is I simply don't have time. Like, I'm nonstop busy. I don't really want to log into a site, click that I've read it, and then it wants a star rating and it would really like a review. And that's just too much time and energy when I just want to put the book down, pick up the next one, and keep reading. The other is that when you're an author, it becomes really iffy to give a mediocre or low rating to another author's books. Again, that comes down to personal preferences, even personality. I'm much more of an introvert. I don't like confrontation. I'm not going to... I'd rather just avoid rating a book than to give it a low rating. And so what that means is I only rate books that I really like, and so it looks like I give automatic four or five star ratings to everything that I read, which is not the case. One of the hazards you have in giving a book a low rating is that you never know what the author who receives the low rating is going to do. Ideally, an author would take a low rating and move on, and forget about it. However, there are authors who will retaliate against the reviewer. Uh, it's really something you should never do. If you receive a bad review, do not reply. There are some authors, I hear of cases now and then, they receive a bad review and they review bomb that reviewer's book. So if I would give an author a one-star review, they would give one-star reviews to all of my books and they would spread 
bad rumors about me and my books. Like there are actually people out there who do that. And it's also a little bit of a karma thing, I think. I don't like receiving bad reviews. It kind of ruins my day. So why would I go out of my way to give someone else a bad review? That's another reason why I'm not really into it. Um, But mostly it's just I don't really do Goodreads. So why should I log in and give things a review? Moving on from there, we've got the Browse tab at the top where we've got recommendations, deals, choice awards, giveaways, new releases, lists, news and interviews, explore, blog, uh, sponsored link to Audible, apparently, Um, and it lists my favorite genres, which apparently are adult fiction, book club, classics, crime, erotica, fantasy, fiction, oddly enough. Uh, so you can explore those if you want. Um, giveaways is where you would have gone before to list a giveaway. So they still have giveaways, but they're, you know, the people listing the giveaways paid way too much money to list the giveaway. And then under the community tab, we've got groups, discussions, quotes, ask the author, trivia, quizzes, creative writing. Interesting. People and events. I'm going to click on creative writing. Interesting. So it brings me to stories and writings by tag or genre. Let's see. I'm going to click on... Is there an erotica one? Erotica. Click on that. Interesting. Okay. So it brought me to what looks like a combination of... User submitted short stories, some fan fiction, because I see some Twilight here. Oh, wait, no, I don't see Twilight. That's someone with a picture of Robert Pattinson, but it's not Twilight fan fiction. Some of these look like real books. Okay, so, for example, More by Sloane Parker. It looks like uh, MMM erotic romance, probably. And it looks like they have one chapter included. Okay, yeah, I see that. Um, Warning, this page contains mature and explicit content. I am an adult, at least legally. Okay, yeah, so Sloan Parker has their first chapter here. Um, And then there's room for comments below. And it looks like people are really liking Sloan Parker's chapter. So this could be... I guess I made a discovery here that I didn't know about. This can be a way to promote a release. You can put a chapter or two up and um, entice people to buy your book to read the whole thing because at the very top, uh, it links to the book, I believe. Oh, it doesn't link to the book. It's just, okay. But obviously it is a published book because there's a very well done cover here. I really like what Sloan, Sloan Parker, if you're listening, good job. I really like what I see here. Yeah, so it didn't link directly to the book, but I know it's called More and I know it's by Sloan Parker. I could easily go to Amazon or Kobo or iBooks, type that in, find it and buy it. Uh, so that's a new thing. I, or perhaps it's been there the whole time and I just didn't know. Now, I'm going to go back to the listing of erotic stuff. And I'm going to look for something that does not have a book cover attached to it. 
Okay, there's a lot of things listed with, it gives in very faint gray writing. It tells you how many chapters are uploaded. Most things just have one chapter. Uh, so I suspect it's being used as a form of marketing. Okay, I'm going to click on this one. It says five chapters. Um, description, fanfic. Okay, so if you're into writing fan fiction or if you're into writing your own stories and you're not looking at um, publishing them, like self-publishing them or professionally publishing them, uh, it looks like they're trying to create a bit of a fan fiction writing community, fan fiction or writing community on Goodreads. So if you're looking to get your feet wet with writing, this might be a good place to do it. Um, and it looks like they get a lot of feedback, at least this person does. I'm looking at uh, Awakening by Jen the Dreamer, um, and they've got, Jen has 41 comments below uh, her first chapter here, and they're all like over the top fantastic. So good job, Jen the Dreamer. Uh, chapter 1 has 46 likes, chapter 2, 16, chapter 3 has 11 likes, chapter 4 has 14 likes, and chapter 5 has 20 likes. So it looks like Jen is doing very well here. Uh, if you are, if there are some things to be cautious about, if you are self-publishing your book or if you're publishing it through a small or large press, um, specifically with self-publishing, if you upload the whole book to Goodreads, let's say you're giving away a book for free on Amazon and uh, Smashwords, you've set it to perma-free, and you wanted to also post that book on Goodreads, um, the, like the whole thing there, because it's free anyway, so why not? Uh, Amazon does scour the web to see if your book is posted in its entirety somewhere. So you may run into some problems with Amazon. They may tell you to take the content down from the website or they may refuse to publish your book. Um, it's not a perfect system. Sometimes things get flagged when they shouldn't be and sometimes things that should be flagged don't get flagged. Uh, for example, um, my free short story, Go Deep, last time I updated it, Amazon flagged it and said it's freely available on the internet. They didn't tell me where, uh, but they wanted to make sure that I owned copyright, and so all that meant was I had to resubmit it. That's all I had to do. I've seen different people online report different experiences where Amazon gives them a little bit more trouble than they gave me. So there is that aspect to it. Um, if you are published by a small, medium, or large publisher, you might want to check with your publisher to find out how much you can upload to a website like this Goodreads um, creative writing section, because uh, it may be in your publishing contract how much you can uh, share online, or there might just be a standard. With my first publisher, I believe I could share up to 10%. Online, so I always shared the first chapter. Yeah, so you don't want to post half the book and then get in trouble with your publisher, right? So if you're with a publisher, just check in with them before you do that. Going back to community, I want to talk about groups. Groups are discussion groups here on Goodreads, and this is where a lot of authors run into trouble because groups sounds like a fantastic self-promotion opportunity. 
For example, I'm members. I'm member of the groups MM Romance, Bargain Basement, Goodreads Author Feedback Group, MM Romance Writers, Erotic Enchant, the MFRW Book Place, and I have to click more because apparently I am in a bunch more. Uh, I'm also in GLBT Bookshelf and Gay Science Fiction. Used to be in a few more, so it looks like I might have at one point removed myself from them. Uh, it seems like a fantastic opportunity, especially the, uh, where is it, MM Romance. That one has 23,000 members. I believe it's the largest Goodreads group on Goodreads, so it's a popular place. Um, and they do fantastic stuff in that group. However, if you're an author, you have to be very careful about how you promote yourself in this group or any other group. Um, all of these groups have established rules about when you can promote your book, where you can promote your book, and how you can promote your book. So don't just join a group and spam it with messages about buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Make sure that you join the group, you find out what the rules are, you see what other people are doing before you jump in with the self-promotion. I know that MM Romance, this group here, is very carefully moderated and they do a fantastic job. So if any of the moderators are listening, I definitely like what you do. And the problem here with, and I don't mean with this group. So again, if you're a moderator, you're doing a fantastic job. I'm not talking about you. The problem with promoting in Goodreads groups as an author is that is not what the Goodreads group is for. The Goodreads group is for the readers to have conversations with each other about the books that they're reading. There may be side chatter, but primarily the subject of Goodreads groups is book discussion by readers. Author self-promotion is largely not welcome, except for specific places, specific times, and specific processes. So, for example, in the MM Romance group here, I know that somewhere they have like a self-promo board. Okay, so way down on the list of boards, there's a board called, called Author Self-Promotion. Uh, you do need to read the uh, what goes in this folder, please read before you post post so that you don't break any of the rules here because there are still very specific rules about what you can and can't do. Uh, but that is the place for author promotion if you're wanting to get into this group. Nowhere else should you be promoting your book unless it's specifically and explicitly okay to do so. All of the other boards here are have very specific purposes and most of them are discussion purposes, not um, book promotion purposes. As I said, MM Romance is the largest, I think it's the largest, uh, Goodreads group, and it's also very excellently moderated. So the reason it's so big and so popular and so good is because they have these clearly established rules and they make sure that people are following them. Uh, some of the other groups that might get a little bit ignored or might not have as many members or might not have as careful moderation end up getting spammed with author self-promotion. I used to be in one of those groups as one of my other author personas. It was constantly, constantly self-promo from a few specific authors on 
every single board and thread. Like you could not escape them. And so it became a very unpleasant place to be because constantly I'm being advertised to and pestered to buy this book that I don't want to buy. So you have to be very careful about what you do. So there are a whole whack of other features to Goodreads and really to find out what they are and if they're useful to you, you have to go in and try it yourself and see what you do. Um, but don't go into Goodreads expecting it to be a gold mine for author self-promotion because that's not what it's for and that's not how it's best used. So I do have a few other things I want to talk about with Goodreads. I'm just going to put my computer aside because I don't need to look at the website directly anymore. I do want to talk momentarily about reviews on Goodreads. Specifically, reviews on Goodreads versus reviews on Amazon. On Amazon, you're only supposed to review a book that you have purchased and read. On Goodreads, you're encouraged to review a book based on, well, I mean, if you purchased and read it, yes, but you can. You are also encouraged to rate a book on whether you would like to read it or not. So they're very uh, loosey-goosey with their review policies, so that's why I said way back at the beginning of this that Goodreads is a bit of a wild west when it comes to reviews. Because anybody can review any book and there is nothing you can do about it if they review bomb your book. A couple of my books have been hit by one stars by people who are going through Goodreads and one starring every gay book that they can find because it's someone that's homophobic or what have you and they have decided that they're going to hurt me as an author by one starring absolutely everything that I've written. Another thing to keep in mind is that cons almost consistently, reviews on Goodreads are a whole star lower than reviews on Amazon. A three-star review on Goodreads is equivalent to a four-star review on Amazon. Um, so don't get discouraged if you get a three-star review on Goodreads because it's equivalent to a four-star review on Amazon. At some point, I'm going to do a whole episode about reviews because authors, especially new authors, get really tied up in reviews, the desire to get reviews, and the need to get good reviews. And it's really devastating to get a bad review. Different people have different perspectives on reviews. I myself, I don't give a shit, honestly. When I first started, of course I did. Like, I remember my first star review. I was through the roof. I remember my first two-star review. That absolutely devastated me. I know what it's like. I've been there. But what I found over time is that really reviews don't matter that much. They have very little impact on sales from what I've seen. So try not to get too wrapped up in them. Um, that really, I think, is something that comes with time. Once you've released a bunch of books and you've got some bad reviews and some good reviews, you just get used to it. I'm at the point where I don't log into Goodreads to check my reviews. I don't log into my Amazon Author Central account to check reviews. I don't check my books on Amazon to see what kind of re reviews they have. I simply don't care. The only time I log into Amazon Author Central is so that I can add a newly published book to my author profile. And when I'm there, I might sometimes check if I have reviews, but really, I largely ignore it because it's not worth my time or energy. 
I, I mean, I hope people like my books. I want people to like my books. But if someone liked, if someone read my book and they didn't like it, oh well, not much I can do about that. Anyway, we are going to talk about reviews at some point because we need to pull apart what reviews mean, how or when you should look at them, what you should get out of them, and what you should do about them. Hint, you should do nothing about them. Uh, So a little bit more on reviews on Goodreads. On Goodreads, as an author, you can post a review on your own book and no one will stop you. Don't do it. Just don't do it. I've seen it happen more than once. Uh, Sometimes it's someone who is trying to combat a obvious troll review. Uh, So like that one-star bus that I got hit by, that's what's sometimes called in the industry one-star bus because it's like a bus just careening through the erotic genre and giving things one star. Um, If I got that one star, it might be tempting to just rate it a five-star myself so that I can help balance out the damage of that one star. Just don't do it. It looks unprofessional and there will be people who call you on it. Um, I've also seen an author who wanted to thank everybody for reading and reviewing their book. So they gave themselves a five-star review so that it would show up in the review section. And then they thanked people there. But that's really scammy because even though the intention of the message is certainly nice, I guess, by giving their book a five-star rating. They are skewing the reviews in their favor because they want more five-star reviews, is my guess. Anyway, enough on reviews. Like I said, we will have at least one episode on reviews at a coming, eh, probably in the summer or the fall. I've got a few things I want to tackle before then. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about regarding Goodreads is paid advertising on Goodreads. This sounds fantastic. You can pay to have an ad on Goodreads. People are on there because they love books, and you can put your book in front of them. Well, like everything else, it sounds fantastic in theory, but is it really worth your time and money? Different people will have different experiences, and they'll have different opinions, so don't take my word as the gospel. However, I've found that any paid advertising is generally not worth your money or your time. I did Goodreads paid advertising once to advertise, I think it was the Go-Go Boys of Club 21 when I released the complete series, and I got a few clicks. That was about it. I, I didn't see any sales that I could tie to it. I didn't really, I think maybe a couple people added it to their to read shelf, but was it really worth the $25 I'd have put into it? No. Especially since if those two people that added it to their to-read list actually bought it, that's a profit of a few dollars. So I lost out on that. Paid advertising is one of those things that works well if you're a mega author. If you've got name recognition and you want people to know you've got a new release, it's totally worth your time and money. But I'm thinking like James Rollins, Stephen King, um, Cassandra Clare, you know, one of those big, big, big authors. But then again, those big authors have marketing teams at their publishers and they don't have to worry about it themselves. If you want to try it, go ahead and try it. 
If you try it and you have fantastic success, I want to know about it. Let me drop me a line. I'll give you my email address at the end. It'll be in the liner notes as well. Drop me a line because I would like to know how your experience went, especially if it was positive, and what you think led to that success, if you'd like to share that. Um, Yeah, I would like to know. In general, I don't find paid advertising useful at all, as I said. Again, we'll probably have an episode on this at some point, um, probably this year, because I've got a million ideas in my head, so I've got to get them all out this year, um, or else they're going to drive me nuts. But there's paid advertising opportunities on Goodreads, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon. Uh, There might be some other places as well. You could look at unique places to do it. For uh, I once had a banner ad on a porn site. It was really cheap, I guess, because he was giving me a deal. Wasn't really worth it in the end. But since he gave me a deal, I wasn't. I didn't really feel like I wasted my time. It was interesting. It didn't really pay off, though. I can't think of a single paid advertising opportunity that has paid off. Again, if you have had success in any paid advertising opportunity and you'd like to share it with me so that I can share it on the podcast, drop me an email or hit me up on Twitter. I think that just about brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Unlike the Facebook episode that I did last month, I want to give this a bit more of a satisfying conclusion rather than just sort of cutting it off and you're wondering, what happened? What do I do now? Uh, With Goodreads, if you want to use it as an author, um, you've got to set up your author profile, which you can only do once your book is up there. And then, honestly, you have to use Goodreads like a reader. Um, If you go in there with the intention of spamming everybody about your book, you're just going to fall flat on your face. You're not going to get noticed. You're going to have wasted your time, and you might get kicked out of the groups where you are spamming. You have to use it like a reader. If you write MM Romance, go into that MM Romance group and have book discussion with people. Don't pimp yourself out, except in that one board where you're allowed to pimp yourself out. But don't join just to pimp yourself out in that board and then disappear. You're going to get more attention if you actually participate in the discussions. And that's a very active board, uh, active group, so it's pretty easy to find a discussion where you can jump in and participate and have a little bit of fun. It does require a sort of extroverted personality, which is probably why I don't get into it. I'm much more of an introvert. Yeah, me, the guy with so many podcasts and who's a writer, is an introvert. That's... uh, Maybe all writers are introverts. I don't know. That's something for a future podcast. So if you want to promote yourself on Goodreads, use it like a reader. So join those groups. Join in on discussion. Promote when appropriate. Don't overdo it. Just have a good time if that's your thing. I think that just about brings us to the end of this second episode of Sex for Money. Um, I want to uh, just let you know that uh, if you want to check out my books, you can find them at CameronDJames.com. My very first book, which I mentioned in this episode, Autumn Fire, was recently released, re-released by Deep Desires Press, which is my publishing company, back in January. So uh, it's been, it's the same story, but I re-edited it so that, uh, re-edited, re-wrote it and had it edited uh, so that 
it reads smoother than the first release. So if you read the first one and you want to give it a try again, I guess you could read it. I won't stop you from buying my book. Um, But if you've never read one of my books before, that's probably a pretty good one to start with. Uh, So that's Autumn Fire by Cameron D. James. And I would love it if you would follow me on social media. My uh, Twitter handle is at Cameron underscore D underscore James. That's at Cameron underscore D underscore James. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I have both a page and a profile. Originally, it was just a page because that was what I figured was the most useful, and it's what I talk about in Sex for Money, the book, and in Sell Your Sex. But as I mentioned earlier, things change at the drop of a hat, so pages aren't really that useful anymore. I still have a page, but I'm also using my profile. So I think my page is facebook.com slash Cameron D. James Erotica. And my profile is facebook.com slash Cameron D. James Author. I'm not really sure because you generally don't look at the address on Facebook. So what you want to do is just go on Facebook in the search bar and look for Cameron D. James and I have a page and a profile. You can like me if you want. You can be my friend. I don't turn away friend requests unless you are a spammer that's trying to get me to join a cam site. Not really interested. Thank you very much. Uh, And then I also have a newsletter, which you can find at CameronDJames.com. That is it for this episode. Join me again in March, where I'm going to have Enrique Cruz join me, uh, and we are going to talk about motivation. I know I keep promising to let you go, but before I let you go, I just wanted to fill you in on a little bit more uh, about what I'm doing. I'm on two other podcasts. The first one is the Deep Desires podcast. That's the podcast attached to my publishing company, where we post monthly episodes where we chat with your favorite authors or authors who will soon become your favorite. Um, and you can find out more at deepdesirespress.com slash podcast, or just look for the Deep Desires podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or Stitcher. And at the risk of outing my true identity, I'm also on the Right Right podcast uh, under my real name, Craig. And you can find that at rightrightpodcast.com. That's W-R-T-E-R-I-G-H-T podcast.com. Or look for Right Right on Apple Podcasts. When you do search for it on Apple Podcasts, there are a couple that have the same name. You're looking for the one that has the cartoon image of a typewriter with Right Right written on the paper as the icon of the episode or of the series. And the reason I bring it up is that in the month of February 2018, we held our Sex and Romance Month, um, which is right now this month, uh, unless you're listening to this sometime after February 2018, then we did it sometime in the past. And those are specifically Season 3, Episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8. Right Right as a whole is generally aimed at the writer of general fiction, perhaps sci-fi fantasy, tend to be the slant of that podcast, um, and not necessarily the romance or erotica writer. However, for the Sex and Romance Month, we did get into a lot of conversation about what it means to be an erotica writer or a romance writer, what it's like to write about sex, what you should or shouldn't do while writing about sex. So even though 
it you might not exactly be the target audience of Right Right. You might still get something out of those episodes or out of the podcast as a whole. So that's rightrightpodcast.com or look for Right Right on Apple Podcasts, Season 3, Episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8. And if you happen to stumble across this episode without actually subscribing, then I encourage you to go and subscribe. We're found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. And I remember way back at the beginning of the episode, I promised to give you my email address. I can be reached at Cameron at IndieErotica.com. That's Cameron at IndieErotica.com. I encourage you to reach out to me if you have had a different experience with Goodreads than I've had. Let me know what you did differently, how that worked out for you, um, and anything else you might want me to share with the listeners about your experience on Goodreads and what others can get out of that experience you've had. And if there's anything else in this podcast, this specific episode or previous episodes that you want to reach out to chat with me about, you can always email me or reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Cameron underscore D underscore James. Now I'm finally going to let you go. Have a good night and we'll see you next month. Bye.